Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Cooks on hosting duty today. And I'm joined by Sean, SV Carboholic. How you doing, my man? Yeah, also all good, man. What's going on? What's happening? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. A bit of a funny week, footballing-wise. No Premier League fixtures. Um, Arsenal played Oxford on Monday, won 3 0. A bit of a routine victory in the end. No new injuries to report. Um, Emil Smith Rowe makes his long awaited return back to the Arsenal side. Um, and the unbeaten run continues. Um, so, Shell, this Oxford game, um, mm. it was a bit of a strong lineup. I would say, um, bar in the midfield uh, and holding um, Arteta, well, I think, and Matt Turner probably. Um, all of those guys can be considered, um, you know, certifiable starters or guys who, you know, who, should, who have been in and around the first team in that sort of first um, first fifteen players. Also, um, were you surprised, you know, by that lineup? Uh, a, a little bit, you know, part of me is just, you know, being a perpetual warrior and just being tetchy. Like, I saw Martinelli and Saka, and I'm like, oh, bro, like, league one side away from home. Now it's going to be physical. I know that pitch is not going to be saying a lot. We saw a car park there. There were fans standing on some van in the car park. I was like, yeah, this <laughs> this, this could potentially, not in terms of the fact that I was expecting us to lose. I always expected us to win. But, you know, the potential banana skin for, like, 
you know, just innocuous injuries. You you always worry about these. Sort of, if it was at home, I actually wouldn't have cared, right? Because calm, you said the carpet is fine in it. But away from home, you know, severe cold, wet, whatever, whatever. Yeah, just um, potential for things to go wrong. So yeah, I wasn't too pleased to see both of them. But if I'm to do the flip side, you know, some would say Arteta might be sending a message that look, you know, we don't have many options because evidently Marquinhos is not at the level. Probably someone like Reese Nelson, who would have played if he was fit, but obviously he's injured. Um, ESR's missed four months out, so, you know, you can't just throw him back in after four months out. And lastly, what it is, throw him back in away to a League One side on a potentially quite rocky pitch. So I got it, you know, even though I didn't like it and I didn't agree with it, but it is what it is. It's probably, you know, the big thing for us, you know, the big lesson and the thing we keep reiterating that we just need to supplement this squad at the moment because we are short, very, very short, and we've been quite blessed um so far this season that we haven't had any injuries like that mm. yeah for sure for sure and i think you know there are some um individual performances you know that we can get into but you know just talking about the lineup i think it was it was probably an opportunity for some of these guys to really stake a claim and say that you know right i'm ready to to, to come and you know maybe compete a bit more for what has been a very sort of steady first 11 for us, you know, like we're going to preview a little bit about the Spurs game um, later, but, you know, that lineup pretty much picks itself at this point. Yeah. Um, and you would like some of these other guys to, to really push the starters or the guys who, you know, are confirmed in that first team um, a little bit more uh, than what they have so far, you know, you look at, you know, that midfield, especially you look at um, the likes of Lokonga, uh, Fabio Vieira, um, and our two fullbacks, Tom Yasu and Tierney, who were our starting fullbacks for the majority of last season. Um, you know, uh, it's incredible that the, the team seems to have sort of moved on from those two so quickly um, in the space of one summer, you know. Um, <clears throat> And I think it was a real opportunity for these guys to really um, stand up and be counted and say that, you know, boom, um, manager, you need to pick me. Um, I'm good enough to be, to be playing week in, week out. Um, and it's a question mark as to whether or not we actually saw that in the end, right? So, you know, let's go through some of the individual performances, right? So I'm going to start with um, Sambi. You know, he got uh, hooked off quite early on, I think, around the 60-minute mark for... Uh, Xhaka, um, there was a double substitution, so it was Xhaka and Tierney off for Sambi and um, Zinchenko. And I think those subs sort of changed the match. Um, to be honest, after that, uh, the, the game seemed like pretty much plain sailing when previously, you know, I think we, we did dominate possession, but we weren't really penetrating. We weren't really creating that many chances or causing Oxford that many issues and it seemed like it was going to be a similar game to the Newcastle one where you know we'd struggle to to eventually pick the lock and and find the goal but you know after that sub was made um the game did seem to open up a little bit um Vieira put in a quality free kick but what do you make of Lokonga's performances and I guess you know the direction of his Arsenal career as a whole yeah I mean you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. I haven't been the biggest fan because um, even though I like acknowledge that he's got some good physical, um, sorry, technical attributes, I, I find him quite timid on the pitch. I think he struggles to, you know, stamp his authority on games. Games can easily pass him by, um, and you know he's 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 had a lot of chances in, in my opinion, and I just think he flatters to deceive a lot. He's um, 
you know, if we broadly look, you know, in terms of the way we like to play with five back, five at the top, he's not really, he wants to kind of be in the middle of all of it all, but, you know, it's a very strong positional sort of system. And I think sometimes he struggles to adapt to that. He's more of a bit of a free spirit. He likes to wander, um, whereas, you know, and, and I don't think Arteta likes that at all. So I think he struggled to adapt to that. He struggled to be, you know, a peripheral player. You know, obviously he was captain of Anderlecht and he played all the time. So him being, you know, you sparingly, I, I don't think has probably suited him. And he's probably just um, mentally, he's not where he should be. He might have checked out a bit. Um, so, I, I mean, if I was to be fair to him, I could, you know, flip the side because it's not just him, others as well in, in the sense of how good can you be, you know, when you're playing once every however so many games, you know what I mean? And you're you're brought in from the cold and you're not necessarily with the first team, you know, you're with a whole mix mash of players and, you know, is it is it fair to expect you to be able to put in an optimal performance when one, you're not playing every week and two, you're playing with, you know, what, what we would perceive as not the first team, you know, and, you know, guys who are looking to get match sharp and, and fit themselves. So if I was to extend him that grace, I could maybe. But overall, I, I just don't think he's done enough personally. And, um, you know, and I think it's evident to the manager, Arteta himself, he doesn't trust him. He hasn't trusted him. And, and you know, I think this is probably leading towards a situation where there'll be a departure in the summer. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a funny one because I know people point to that clip um, of him and Eddie, right, from the documentary where, you know, Eddie's telling him, you know, you're not the only one not playing this, that and the other. But you know, I think that, that clip is is quite telling, not just for, you know, Eddie's attitude, but Sambi's one as well, right, that he is a guy who I think when he is close to the team starting games, he does feel himself a lot more, right? Like Eddie said, you know, uh, start of the season, you, you were smiling loads. Now you're not smiling so much, you know? So it shows that his mood is clearly affected by you know, not necessarily playing football. We've seen him talk um, in interviews, you know, um, and, and, and say things, you know, where he, he wanted to leave the club because he wasn't playing. You know, that's how furious he was. But, you know, he sort of convinced him and his agent sat down and convinced himself that Arsenal was the place to be. And I think, you know, unfortunately for him, he's not necessarily set the ground alight in any of the any of the Europa League games, just get six games, um, the the League Cup game and now um the FA Cup game. He's not necessarily been um been too 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 great, you know, like we're talking about six games in Europa League. Um I think he played two and started two in the league as well when Partey was injured at the start of the season against Aston Villa and Man United. Um and I don't think he's really um, set set the place alight, right? And and you look at the squad makeup. There's talks of Tielemans coming in. ESR is now back fit. Um, will obviously come come on to where he might fit into the team. Um, you've got the likes of Patino out on loan, um, and then you've got you know Enwaneri, Mars Lewis, Skelly, um, Kozia Dubri, and you're looking around and you say, you know, where does Lokonga actually fit in with this team? And is this is this someone who you know? Because I think initially he was clearly brought in to be Partey's understudy last season, ahead of El Nenny uh, initially in the pecking order, um, and now he's dropped below El Nenny uh, to replace Partey. And people said, you know, he, maybe we're gonna we're gonna see him play at, at number eight. And you know, I think if you're looking at what we're getting from the likes of Granit Xhaka at the moment, what we're getting from Odegaard, and I think. 
um, in the game when Granit Xhaka went went down, Fabio Vieira was the one who came on um, in his stead, right, um, and got an assist in that game. And so you're looking at it and you're saying, Lokonga, it, you just don't really seem to have a place in this squad or in this team. Um, and it might just be the, the case that, you know, this is one we're going to have to chalk um, chalk, chalk down as a, as, as a miss um, and, and move on, you know. And I think that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing um, for me, that someone comes in for two years, they don't quite hit the ground running and then move them on. And I think that's something that the old regime probably struggled with. Um, you know, I think you look at El Neni, who's still here, obviously he signed a new contract under Arteta, but, you know, that's that's probably what we should have done with someone like El Neni, you know, where he's come in, he's looked okay, not really hit the ground uh, running, not really set the ground alight. Um, and, I mean, just move you on. And if we can get, you know, 15, 20 million for someone like Lukonga, then you say, cheerio, cheerio, good sir. Um, and you go in and you bring in a Tielemans to take his place in the squad. Um, then you know you're not you're not doing too badly there. So I think that's just one we're going to have to um, going to charge have to charge to the game um, and and keep it stepping. To be honest, um, and then if we move over across to to I guess the other midfield um, position, Fabio Vieira, he ended up uh, on two assists for the game. Um, you know, very I think it was a very nice pass to Eddie. Um, for his first goal, took it in his stride, was able to round the keeper um, with almost his first touch. Lovely free kick, put it on a on a sixpence for for El Neni to head in, and if it wasn't El Neni, I think Tommy was very close to heading that one in as well. Um, a quality delivery, and it looks like this guy has got some real ability to affect the final third. So you know we were critical of him in the first half a little bit, and I think you were a bit more supportive of him, Sheldon, in the WhatsApp group. So. You know, what do you make of his performance and, and his his season so far? Yeah, I it's he's such a weird player to evaluate because I think the quality is evident. I think we've seen now he's on two goals, four assists, and and when you look at that from how much game time he's had, he's evidently and eminently a very productive player. Um, where we're now having debates is you know around how active and how involved he is, you know, generally in overall play. Um, and you know what I said about Lokonga, like he's you know, when he's playing with the second team, it doesn't look as good. I think when Vieira's played with the first team, he's looked a lot better. Do you know what I mean? If I if, if we reference the game just before the international break away to Wolves, and he affected that game as well, he was the one who broke it open the initial assist for Erdegaard in that game. So he has a lot of quality in the final third. Now, the debate comes around how much more often, you know, how more involved should he be, but. I don't know. And I, and I, if I remember quite clearly when, when we signed in German, Dan made this point was that how proficient he is in the final third. So, and, you know, we talk about playmakers, but, you know, playmakers show themselves in different forms and different guises, right? When you look at City, KDB is not the same as Gundogan, who's not the same as Bernardo. They all have differing qualities. And even if you look at Arsenal, uh, Erdogan's not the same as ESR, who's not the same as Vieira. So I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing, um, you know, uh, you know, I would like him to be more involved, but but I don't know. When I saw the quotes from Arteta afterwards, he didn't seem to be too perturbed or too bothered by it. He said, yeah, you saw when we got him into dangerous, when we got the ball to him in dangerous areas, he was going to deliver. So 
you know, it's probably open to, open to interpretation. How, how how do you see it? Do you know what I mean? Like he he's starting to because, like I said, he I think we brought him off the fact how many he got like five goals and six or sixteen assists or something like that for Porto mm. last season. So he's already on two and four for us this season off playing very very limited game time. So could easily see him doubling those numbers by the end of the season, which wouldn't be the worst return, you know, considering his first season and how much he's played. So, you know, he reminds me. I think I can't remember who said it. There was a quote about, you know, you've got someone like a David Silva who runs games, and then someone like a, maybe like a Juan Mata who turns games based on moments of quality. And maybe I could see that a bit more. You know, maybe when we talk about the stylistic difference between differences between like an Odegaard and a Vieira, like an Odegaard is someone who runs the game, but a Vieira might be someone who turns it more with uh, an individual action. You know, um, and as we've seen this final action, both whether it's the last pass or the, or the shot, it's very very good. So, but what do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting run, right? Because I think it just depends on, you know, sort of who else is playing with him, what the team needs in that instance, right? Because for me, I think it's very interesting that when you look at the way Granit Xhaka um, is being utilised at the moment, I think he's not really having as much of a say in the build-up, right? And that's not a problem when Erdegaard's playing, when Partey's playing, when Zinchenko's playing. You know, like we saw against Newcastle that, you know, Xhaka was, you know, almost one of our most advanced players. You know, we see him running in behind a lot. We see him looking to combine with Martinelli um, and attack the box. And, you know, then you you flip over to what Erdegaard's doing. He's looking to combine with Saka, you know, really recycle the ball, recycle possession, this, that and the other, right? And I think... You know, there's there's some contrasting roles and responsibilities there. And so, you know, we saw against Wolves that when Vieira's the one sort of making his runs in behind, um, he's got the quality to to you know suck the keeper in for that for that goal and, and delivered it uh on a plate to to Erdegaard across across the goal, right? And so, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm saying that when he as you said, when he has played with the first team, we have some of these recyclers. You know, um, so maybe we don't necessarily need another one. We need someone who's got that final third quality, who can break the game open um, and can really, you know, deliver. Because I think he's got so much technical quality, like we've seen it in some of the actions that he's done. Um, I think it's the assist that he did for the holding um, goal in the in the Europa League. I can't remember who that was against, maybe Bodo Glimt or something like that. Um, and that was just like pulled it out of the air, crossed it in in one almost one motion and it's right on Holden's head you know that's like an exquisite piece of skill that's a quality assist and you can't really put a price on that you know so I do think there are some elements to his game that I'm not the biggest fan of right and I think that's probably just a preference thing in the way that you know I've grown up on midfielders that you know I've seen it against Oxford where someone picks out a ball and he's literally sprinting away from them whereas like you know I like a guy to come drop in you know, take it, set the play, turn on it, that kind of thing. And, and maybe that's just not the, the, the type of midfielder um, that he is. So that isn't um, that isn't really an issue for me, um, you know, if, if if that's not what Arteta wants. Do you know what I mean? And as long as the team is functioning um, in that way, it's not, it's not a problem. But, you know, for me, I do think he can be a bit more involved in games um, because it's clear that he has quality. You know, and so I don't want it to be a case where, you know, he's drifting in and out and he doesn't actually get the opportunity to affect the game because he's just not seeing the just not seeing the ball, you know. And I think that's something that Arteta will have to coach on him, um, coach him uh, a little bit more. Um, 
just to ensure that you know he is involved, he's touching the ball and can break the game open because he's he's involved, you know, rather than um, him just flitting around on the periphery. But I think you know there's, it's clear that we've got a good player um, on our hands. You know? I, I think you've made such a good point there, uh, and I think you pretty much hit the the nail on the head. It's less about it's more about the roles and responsibilities. Like I think you, you've spoken about. You know how what's key you know sort of like zinchenko party are in build up like you said erdogan to combine but then he has different roles like like you said you know with jacka jacka used to be someone who was heavily involved in build up he's almost non-existent in build up these days do you know what i mean because if you think about what arteta said in that interview with jamie carragher where he said no i need jacka in the box this season do you know what i mean i need him crashing and even if you look at the metrics the stats jacka's defensive numbers are way 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 down where, you know, they used to be sky, sky higher. So, like you said, it's, it's more about roles, responsibility. So, Xhaka's less active. He's having a lot less touches in games than he used to. Um, and that is, we know, that's not, that wasn't his natural game. But obviously, when we're talking about um, role changes and maybe, you know, instruction, what the manager's asking from you. So, that is probably, you know, that's probably a good point I think you've made as well. So, I think, I don't think Arteta might see it as much of an issue, you know. Um, he will need to, you know, like we said, get stronger, improve his res- resistance to duels. Um, but there was there were some occasions, like you know, like he's actually Vieira's not slow, you know, when he's actually he's much quicker yeah, than I thought he was. You yeah, know. you know, when he opened up his legs, pause, like he was, you know, he was, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, you know, he could he could cut across the pitch quite quickly. So I still think there's a lot more to get from him, and that might come with you know more confidence, more game time with the first team, you know, with the because if, if you think about, and, you know, it's still in my head from when we played Newcastle the other week, um, you know, where Zinchenko was spamming those through those balls and it was finding Jackal in the half space. And, you know, we were talking about how we needed someone to turn. And obviously Vieira is someone who could have probably turned and maybe, you know, executed a, a final action a lot better than Jackal in that position. But obviously maybe Arteta was more wary about the defensive physical side in that game. So I, I could understand. But, but you know, what we're seeing, like we said, this is not the final iteration of an Arsenal. Arteta team, I think it's going to evolve again. Roles, responsibilities might change again. So, um, so yeah, it's one to watch. But I, I definitely think in terms of what he can bring in the final third, which is probably as good as anyone we have in the team, because if you base it on the limited time he's been on the pitch, two goals, four assists already. So um, mm. I expect that to improve. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think another another one of our summer signings we're going to need to talk on as well because, well, let's let's talk about left-back as a whole, actually, right? Because I think there's, you know, one, we, we can't talk about one without talking about the other, right? So um, <clears throat> the other substitution that was made early was Tierney for Zinchenko. And as we said before, the game flipped um, on its head, really, when Zinchenko came on. And, you know, I think, um, in the last two games, especially um, Newcastle and Oxford, I think we've seen the big, big difference that Zinchenko makes on the ball compared to to Kieran Tierney, you know. And I think it's a it's definitely an interesting one because I definitely thought that you know last season Tierney, when he played, he was pretty good for us. Uh, I don't think it was like an exceptional season or an outstanding season by any means, but you know when he wasn't there. It was a big, big miss when you saw the drop down to Nuno Tavares, etc., towards the end of the season. Um, but for me, um, I feel like Tierney, he's really struggled to sort of adapt to the the new requirements of this system. And I think that's probably down to his technical 
limitations on the ball, right? So, you know, going up and down the line vertically, he's top, top for me. You know, whipping balls in, he's got a fantastic delivery on him, right? But now, um, you know, we're asking for a different type of fullback education. You know, we're asking for someone to come inside, to play passes, to, you know, link play, help us build, um, build up play as well. And I don't think Tierney is entirely comfortable doing that. Um, you know, and I think when you, you get someone like Sinchenko coming in, who is a midfielder by trade, a midfielder by nature, he's super duper comfortable in those tight spaces, super comfortable in the middle of the park. He's got, you know, a great shape to his passing, great disguise in his passing. He's got 360 motion um, where you can't really press him. You think he's going one way, he goes the other. You think he's passing one way, he passes the other. And it really just adds a whole new element to um, to our build-up and therefore, you know, our, our, our side as a whole. And, you know, I think most teams, when they're playing him uh, in at left-back, they can't really live with him. You know, it's a very, very difficult thing to be able to defend when you've got a fullback who is that, um, that press resistant, right? And I think, you know, he deserves massive plaudits for what he's, 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 he's come in and done um, in, in the team. And so, you know, I'll let you come in on this because I think you were, you were, you're quite big on Zinchenko in the summer with, with German Dan. Um, and I think a lot of what you said has come to, come to fruition now. So, you know, where does this leave us with Tierney? Um, and, and and his Arsenal career, um, and 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 I'll let you talk on on Zinchenko as well. Yeah, and I'm not even here to shit on Tini because I've I've been a fan of Tini as a player, and I think he can contribute a lot. But you know, when we talk about how the team's evolving, and you know, just where the quality is coming, I even think did the Oxford manager comment on it? I think post game, and he said, yeah, when Zinchenko came on, he said he's just a lot more comfortable inside, and then he said, you know, Arsenal are overloading in central areas now, and and that. And that, you know, that raises an issue, you know, for opposition teams because, you know, we spoke about previously, especially in previous years, you know, when parties out, that was like a single point of failure. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think parties key, you know, probably arguably still the most important player. But what we have now is is two fullbacks in, in Zinchenko and White sitting along, sitting on the same line as party. So we have different progression avenues. And, and I think we struggled with that initially a bit more in this game with, I think Tommy can do it, but, you know, he's he's not been in the greatest of form and he's been in and out with injuries. Um, but Tini, you know, isn't as proficient in it as um as, as Zinchenko isn't. And like you said, that's just because Zinchenko is a natural midfielder by trade. So, um, you know, I, I just, it looks like, yeah, unless I don't see, you know, Katie being happy with this arrangement long term. You know, you've made the point and, you know, Zinchenko is someone who's quite injury prone. He picks up a lot of injuries. So, Tini, funnily enough, has played actually a lot of football already this season, just by virtue of the fact that Zinchenko has been injured a lot. But you, I just think you see the difference when when he's fit. Um, and like you said, I think it's a case of teams could decide or could pick up to try and press on Zinchenko, but then you leave party spare, you leave Ben White spare. Do you know what I mean? So I just think it's a case of being able to be able to progress from all avenues. And when we have our first choice, back five, so to speak, fit, or you could include you know, Ramsdale in that as well. Um, we have so many different ball progression avenues and I just think that's what we lacked a bit this game. You know, we've seen it with Holding. I think Gabriel's improved massively in that aspect as well. But certain players, you know, you see how the level just drops when certain players are out and it's imperative that, you know, to be able to continue Arteta's style, to be able to enhance it, 
we need to be able to have players that can replicate what a certain individual does if they're if they're not available and and it's becoming ever more present how you know key and and i've said this you know for the for the last couple of months i said when zinchenko plays we're so left-sided dominant i think he averages more touches than even like Erdegaard and Saka do in the game. They see the ball a lot less um, and a lot just goes through him. And I think probably the Newcastle game woke a lot of people's eyes up to it as well. So, um, so yeah, he's, I think, you know, becoming even more key to what we do. Um, and like you said, because of that press resistance, because of the fact that, and this is what makes me happy, his technical level never drops because he's someone, for example, you can try and press, but he will either pass it around you or he will, you know, drop a quick shoulder and he will go out the other side as well. So I um, you know, again, not to shit on Tini. I think Tini's been a Tini's been great, but there's just certain things he can't do. And that's not, you know, it's not a slight on my <coughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And I think um, <clears throat> you know, when you when you you look at the development of the team, you know, this is this is inevitable where the levels raise, there's certain guys, potential favorites. Um, they can't quite keep up with the progress, and then you have to say, you have to say goodbye, you know. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, um, as long as the team keeps developing in a positive way, you know. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. Um, and so long, long may it continue. And if Tierney ends up being a casualty of that, then then I think so, so be it, really. Um, and I think, you know, there was a lot of talk about Tierney being Arsenal captain um, after. Aubameyang left and I think when he didn't get that armband um, for me I thought that was a big indication that you know um, maybe the manager saw a future without KT um, really because you know there was a lot of talk from you know pundits people in and around the club that he was a big big leader in the dressing room um, but, <clears throat> but it looks <laughs> like the team the team may be developing further further on from him. And, you know, I think that would definitely be a story to watch um, for the summer. Like if Newcastle come in for a bid, um, you know, 40, 50 million pounds, would KT be up for going there? Um, you know, much closer to home, um, you know, be able to, to visit Glasgow, you know, three, three, eight, two, three hours away instead of, you know, um, 10 um, from, from London. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's a, a development that might might come to fruition, and and we have to you know say goodbye. Um, but 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 one situation to watch, and I let you. I know you had something else to say. No, no, it was just you. You know your point on him being captain. I, I don't even think Arteta was so heavy on KT. For me, I feel like KT. He gave KT like just rope to hang himself because if you think about how our last two seasons ended, a lot of it is because KT kept crashing out you know, towards the end of the season. And what hand, what happened? We then had to move like Jacka to left back. We then had to rejig certain parts of the midfield and we suffered for it. Because I think what you're seeing now, this season especially, is that Arteta places so much emphasis on that first phase build-up. Because when that first phase build-up is smooth, everything else then follows seamlessly. Do you know what I mean? We're able to progress the ball through the thirds with ease. We reach the final thirds and then we break the game open with our wingers. So, um, yeah. And, you know, Tini was heavily involved initially, but... I just think at the end of the day, as a manager, and I think this is right. Like, this is a, this is a warning because if you if you, the the best you know of, you know availability is the best quality, right? And you know this could apply to so many players because uh, ESR, who's my favorite player, like you know he's been out for four months, so he's going to have a job to do now to try and work his way back in. 
And mm. this is also another reason why Xhaka plays all the time. Xhaka's very reliable, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, And he's very durable. So, And you know what you're going to consistently get. And to, to, the, to the point, your point about evolving as a team, what did he say in that interview to Jamie Carragher? Xhaka's the one who's probably evolved the most as a player, right? Um, mm. Even though, obviously, we've said, you know, there's still certain things that we're probably lacking in that position. But you have to give him credit because overall, I think Xhaka's been fantastic this season. So... Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100% man, 100% and you know, evolve or die, that's what they say, you know, so um, Facts. it is it is, it is, what it is. Um, yeah, so now I think it's an opportunity for us to give praise to a couple of players, you know, um, you know, Eddie and Ketia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline scored two goals against Oxford, second one, marginally offside, but, you know, we don't care. Um, And it it was a a quality, quality finish. You know, we're seeing uh, a lot of Eddie Prop from the the main Arsenal account, you know. uh, Your defence is in trouble. I've been wheeling that up all week. Even my wife is singing that, you know, like it's, uh, she she, she don't even know who Nketiah is, but she's been banging the song. You know, um, and uh, you know, I think he 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 massively deserves all the plaudits. You know, that's a that's four in four um, for the season. I think that's his seventh goal um, in it in ten ten starts, I believe, all competitions. You know, um, it's just it's a fantastic goal scoring record um, and some fantastic goal scoring form that he's on at the moment. Um, and I think you know he's he's really delivering with these opportunities and the platforms um platform that he, he he's been presented with you know and i think do you you know do you see this as a case where um you know now he, he he's shown that he's good enough for him to, to 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 lead the line for us you know like we don't need to worry when jesus is is down or say next next season we're in the champions league I know we've got some big games coming up in the next few weeks that he's going to play. So that's probably the biggest, going to be the biggest representation. But, you know, potentially next season in the Champions League, where you're going to play against star defenders, world-class defenders more often, um, that he's good enough to really affect the game, to really get on the score sheet um, and lead the line for us. Uh, uh, Absolutely. I think so. You know, I'm, I'm a bit baffled when I see stuff and people are talking about, oh, we need another strike. I'm just like, well... I don't get what what you why you guys are saying this. Like Eddie last season at the back end of last season, what did he do? He did that that podcast with a beautiful game where he asked, he said, "Judge me when I have a period of starts." The two times Eddie's had period of starts, he's delivered. Like so, I don't see what the issue is, and you're forgetting Eddie's still only twenty three himself, and a lot of the you know initially a few years back he was only what you would classify as just more of a classical nine, a poacher, but he's added other elements to his game. He's able to turn defenders. Look at that goal he did it, scored against West Ham. He's able to help carry. He's added different facets to his game. Now, don't get me wrong. He's still not Jesus, but that's cool. Like, you know, Jesus is the star striker that was bought, but, but there is Eddie has perfectly shown himself a viable option. And I don't, I don't see why anyone would want to change that. It's another Hayland Academy graduate 
for me, I'm always happy when these men bang. So I've got, you know, and I've, I I can't praise him highly enough, man. I think he deserves all the plaudits. Um, and he's given the team a sort of a, a different dynamic again, because we've spoken about what Jesus does in terms of how he drops in, how he creates numerical overload centrally. Eddie's tried to do a bit of that, but he's also maintained just his natural instincts. Eddie's about his goals. You know, he wants his goals. He wants to get on. He wants to, he wants to clap. And um, I feel like, uh, and I've got a little theory here, but I'll see if it plays out more over time because I feel like Jesus is another person who's so ball dominant. You know, when he plays here, he always wants to be involved as well. Whereas like I've seen and I've noticed, you notice like Erdegaard come to the fore a bit more, you know, in the last, in, in the period that Jesus has been out because, you know, maybe he's got a bit more space to play. Maybe, you know, Jesus doesn't always want it to, you know, to feet as much. Whereas Eddie allows Erdegaard maybe to do more classical surgical playmaking as, as we'd like to describe. So again, it's like we said, you know, when we said Jesus being out, it would mean the dynamic would change a little bit. Maybe other players would come to the fore. Maybe we'd attack a little bit in different ways. So, you know, it's, it's nothing bad. He's had 17 goals in his last 24 starts for Arsenal. You can't ask for any more from a backup. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's great. And uh, I think for me, that's money saved in the summer. It's it, For me, it's money where you put maybe towards a six, uh, maybe, you know, another left centre-back or, or a right-back, whatever. But it's money you can afford to put into another position because you've had another academy graduate come and show his level, come and show how how well he can contribute. So I can't praise Eddie enough, man. I think he's been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, honestly, he's, he's been, he's been top draw, you know, and I think um, the, the thing that I love about this is right. Like our front three at the moment, they cost us 6 million pounds, you know, um, that is exceptional business um, by the club. Um, has to be, has to really be commended, you know, and I think when you, um, when you look at it um, and you you really like drill down into you know the, the position and how we've ended up here you know I think it's great planning from from Arteta you know because I remember when he came back from Leeds and people were saying you know why is he not going back out on loan this that and the other you know and and I have for one I don't necessarily think that you know Eddie's career has been managed perfectly um, at all uh, to date you know far from but the fact that we're now in a position where we have um, someone like Eddie able to start games for us, score get, score goals, deliver for us, coming from the academy, we've got guys like you know Flo Balogun itching um, and and chomping at the bit, scoring goals in France. That's really you know putting pressure on on on, on Eddie. You know that if if you're not going to bang, we got another guy um, coming through that 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 we might might be able to to give give minutes to as well. Um, I think that's superb, you know, and it's put us in a superb um, position that, you know, that there's talk of this season, um, AC Milan and Inter Milan wanted to, to, to buy Balogun for 40 million euro, you know, um, and, and if you're able to shift someone like that um, and, and, and spend that elsewhere in the team, you know, it's almost now getting into that position where, you know, the academy starts and, and the transfers, they start paying for themselves kind of thing, you know, like if you're talking about losing the likes of Pepe, Balogun, uh, maybe Lokonga in summer, you know, that's a new centre midfielder right there, you know, and you've not spent any 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 of the budget yet, you know, so um, so I think it's it's, it's really superb um, what we're seeing from, from Eddie at the moment. Um, I think 
you know, as I said, there's some big games coming up. I would love him, absolutely love him to get on the score sheet against Spurs. Um, I think, you know, that would be a fantastic, fantastic uh, return. And if he's able to score, I think, you know, that would really solidify him in the hearts of, of fans, you know. And I think we've seen it in the past that Aubameyang missed the crucial penalty um, against Tottenham. And I don't think the fans really recovered um, from that from that miss, um, you know. So, uh, so I think I'm hoping that him, Saka, Martinelli, they can really deliver... I know Odegaard scored against Spurs before. I know Saka scored against Spurs before. ESR scored against Spurs before. Um, I don't think Nketiah or Martinelli have, have contributed. And so, you know, this might be a good opportunity for them to get themselves on the score sheet um, and get themselves, you know, into the, the Arsenal folklore. You know, I think we were denied a historic Martinelli goal at Old Trafford um, by VAR. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the refs... Um, stay out of it this time and allow us to to, to really do our thing, you know. And um, one one final mention from Oxford, um, I don't think we need to talk about this in much um, much detail, but uh, I just want to shout out Gabriel Magaliais. I thought he was, you know, superb. Um, I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast, you know, um, and, and I think Clive said that he, he played like, you know, he didn't have food in the fridge. You know that he was he was playing for his next meal and 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 I, I loved that fight. I loved that commitment. And there were so many defensive actions that he did in this game that I was just thinking like, wow, like we have a really really top class defender, man. And it's obviously not the strongest of opposition or anything like that. But I just I just I just look at this guy and I think that is a fantastic fantastic buy for twenty three million pound. You know, I think he's he's a top 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 defender, and I just know that he's going to have a great game against Harry Kane um, on Sunday as well, you know. Anything you want to add to that, Sean? Yeah, yeah. No, to totally agree. Um, he's, you know, when you think about how cheap he was, one of Arteta's first, like, proper, proper buyers, and he's been sick, he's durable. Uh, cool, he might have his lapses in concentrations every now and then, but you think he's only 24, he's at least more than doubled his value. He just signed a new contract, so he's here for the long term, crashes it on most... Uh, forwards in the league, wins his jewels, loves the battles, um, and he's massively improving, improving his distribution. I think he's been great, man. You know, certain tactical accounts talking about how uh, that we need to replace him, whatever, whatever. No, Arteta sees that as his guy, and that's his guy. So, you know, what I would obviously, what is important is that we're able to rest him, you know, from time to time as well, because he's played a lot of games. He plays a lot of games. <coughs> Um, and I think, you know, like White Saliba get it, I think he deserves some rest as well. So, you know, that is obviously a key area um, we need to invest in because obviously I don't want to slag or uphold him, whatever, whatever. He's good for the dressing room. But with all due respect, you know, what we've spoken about with the quality differential, I don't want to be seeing drops in levels when we're rotating because hopefully, obviously, next season, Champions League, we're going to be playing every three days. So what does that mean? We can't play the same 11 every three days like we've been doing. So you need to be able to rotate seamlessly. Um, and to be able to do that efficiently, you need to have more quality. So, um, you know, there's been links, obviously, with Ndika. So, you know, that looks like the sort of profile that would fit in well with, with what we have. So, you know, when you look at Ndika, Gabriel, Saliba, Wyatt, Tomiyasu, that's a great crop, quality crop of centre-backs, you know. Mm. And when you have two, you can double up, double up at right-back as well. It allows you to keep the game time flowing. Rotate, rotate seamlessly without you know with everyone feeling involved so 
I really like the way we, we've done that with the centre-back and right-back position as well. But yeah, Gabriel, elite, man. How long mm. may it continue? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Um, so, big, big game on Sunday. Big, big, big game on Sunday, you know. Um, against the Spurs, away to Spurs. Um, a place where we've not had much joy, to say the least, in recent times, you know. Um, our last win there was in 2014. Brzezinski screamer. Um, but you know, not 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 the best ground for us to visit. Um, I am very, very hopeful uh this time around, right? I think one thing um that <clears throat> I'm not um well one thing that I am sort of quite happy with is the fact that we've gone we're going into this game with a full and available crop of players, first and foremost. Um and we're in good form. You know, obviously, I know they say form goes out the window, this, that and the other. But I think one thing that has really sort of annoyed me going to Tottenham, um, especially in recent times, I think since Pochettino's left, is that we've not ever really gone to to Tottenham in 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 any sort of form, in any sort of position to really be confident of, of picking up points there. I think there's been various times where, you know, Spurs ahead of us in the table, they've been flying, you know, they're, they're um, you know, we, or, or we, we've got players missing this and the other. And I feel like since Pochettino has left, we've actually just given them points there every single year. You know, I think back to last season, you know, Cedric and Holding, they weren't up for it, um, really. They weren't at it. They weren't good enough. Um, Holding panicked in that one-on-one -on -one battle versus Son, paid the maximum price for it. I think Cedric, you know, didn't really back himself, did something silly, received the maximum um, punishment for it, you know, and, and and at that point, the game's done. You look at the season before that, you know, we're not in any sort of form. We've come there to, to win the game, as it was said before the match, not done anything. Son scores a word, scores a worldie, um, party gets injured, game done you know uh season before that um i think that was against jose Mourinho. we go one nil up lacazette banger um before half time Klasnach passes them the ball you know um and and the season before that uh you know abamyang i think we played quite well in that game abamyang misses a penalty um in the last minute to to go 2-1 up and i think you know coming into uh this game now I think we're in a position where we, we we're not reliant on bozos in Kalasanach holding um Cedric. You know, we don't have injuries, we have our full complement of players, they're in good form. And this can really be an eleven versus eleven match where hopefully the referees don't get involved. Um and we can really show whether or not we're at the races. I think one thing that has been a big, big um sort of monkey on our backs kind of thing is our away record at the big six you know um we have turned a, a, a tide a little bit at, at Stamford bridge i think we won there in our last three games we won at old trafford um arteta's first season but now lost twice there and then obviously you know anfield and etihad west i don't think i can't remember the last time we scored um you know in in at, at either of these places in the league uh maybe the 5-1 um emery 
you know, where where Maitland Niles scored and then they 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 turned around and and, and flogged us uh, with Mustafi and Kalasinac at the back, right? And so, you know, I think this is this season is a big opportunity for us to to really lay a marker down and say that this is not the Arsenal of old, where we just rock, go to these away grounds and roll over. This is this is the Arsenal where you know you're going to have to play on your A game, otherwise we're going to kill you. And that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm going to be hella nervous watching this match. Um, but I think it's a, it's a massive opportunity um, for, for the team um, to really, really lay down a marker, which I know we've said several times this season already. So, you know, Sean, how are you feeling about this game? Um, and, and, you know, what, what you're... I'm not going to give you ask for predictions, but, but just how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I'm more, I'm more like you. I'm always nervous for this game, man. And, it, and, it's, and it's annoying because it's not like I particularly rate Tottenham like that at all. It's either, like you said, we haven't had the full complement of players. We've not been at it. The ref is willingly going to give them a pen like they do every, you know, every North London derby. So um, I just want us to be serene in terms of how we play this game. Like you said, it's good that we have the full complement of, especially for me, defenders available. I don't want any bozos in the back line so that smooth, the, you know, build up is not harmed. Um, Jack and Party are both available, you know. Uh, you know, I think that's that's always key for us, uh, considering their win percentage when they're together. Erdegaard in the form he is. And hopefully, yeah, the front three have something for them them guys because I don't rate their, their defenders at all. And I think we can have joy um, if we can access the half space as well and we can take advantage of, of when, we, when we are there because you know what a Conte team is going to do. They're very, they're very narrow. They're very compact. Um, so the spaces down the sides and in the half spaces. So it's, it's, it's about how you know we can dictate if we can. And I, I think you know if we the key for us is always to score the first goal against Tottenham. You know we need to force them out. We don't want them to be able to play their game. Um, we don't want them to fall into a shell. We don't want them to be emboldened by the crowd. Um, we need to get in there, shut them up. You know, we, well, we've been quite good at um, the quick starts. So hopefully we can replicate that again um, this game. Um, and also just play with your heads. Like, don't do anything dumb. Like, please just don't do anything dumb. Because in open play, these guys are not going to do much to open us up. So a lot of it depends on us, you know, and, and the attitude. I, I mean, I'm not worried about the attitude. It's a North London derby. They'll come there, correct. But, you know, execution needs to be on job because that's probably where, you know, we lacked a little bit in the last league game. Mm, yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Um, yeah, I know Arteta got a plan for me, man, and hopefully he's got a plan for for Spurs as well. But, and, um, and hopefully, you know, ESR and Vieira off the bench, um, mm. you know, if, if, if needs be. Hopefully, obviously... We'll be in a better position to to bring them on, like, um, and we won't be chasing the game. But, but you know, yeah, that that's that that's key as well, man. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I feel okay. I feel okay about it. You know, I wanna I wanna win because that draw against Newcastle is still irking me. We should have won that game, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. And and obviously, this is the tough period we've spoken about. We still wanna. You know, hopefully be able to maintain this gap because obviously our next two games are, you know, against um, Tottenham and, and Tottenham United, and, United and, yeah. and City have got, you know, United and Tottenham. So mm. we'll, we'll see where we are, you know, after after these two games and hopefully, you know, after these two games, we can have a sign in him. You know, it'd be nice. Brother Eddie, need, brother Eddie need, Gaspar, get, get to work. So, I need United and, uh, and, and Tottenham to do us a favour. Yeah. Um, 
and I need us to do the job on both of those teams, man. I can't yeah, lie to you, man. I need yeah. us to do the job on both of those teams, man. There's been people talking a bit too crazy. Name names, brother. I need, I need, I need a bit, I need a bit, uh, a few humblings, but you know, I, I don't want to humble, I don't want to be humbled. You know, so <laughs> I know I serve a living God, so hopefully He's got a plan for me, man. That's it, man. So, um, so yeah, let's finish up on some listeners' questions. Um, we got a couple here from Yonko Abs on Twitter. He says, "Do you think playing City in the FA Cup will affect Arsenal's league performance in any way?" And second question, this I'm gonna let you answer this one. It says who is better, Casemiro or Party, and why is it Party? Uh, what, are you gonna do the which one? You're gonna do the first one. All right, yeah, the, I'll do the first one. Yeah. So, do I think playing City in the FA Cup will affect Arsenal's league performance in any way? No, I don't think so. You know, I think um, um, it's, it's it's another game, you know, to test yourselves. Really, um, I think the way it, it's the first time we played City since we played them New Year's Day last year. Um, and I think that was a very, very good performance from the boys. You know, I think that should, that was probably the first statement game where we, we we saw that they, you know, they weren't scared to play their football against one of these big sides. And I think ever since then, our performances in these big games have been very commendable. Um, I saw a tweet earlier this week, you know, when, when the draw was done, that, you know, it's a good time to play Man City. You know, we're going to have a week's rest before, a week's rest after. Um, so we're going to be able to play our strong our strong, strong, strong lineup, and then you know, I think that'll be Man City out the cup. Um, I can't remember who else is left in, um, but I think there's there's the Chelsea are out. Um, I think Liverpool have a replay. Um, you know, so there's a lot of a lot of teams that are are going to be out of the out of the competition, and so you know, I'm looking at this and I'm going to say, you know, why not? You know, if you bring in a signing, a Mudrik, you've got ESR back, you've got Jesus coming back. Um, you know, end of February. By the time you get into the later rounds, you have more of a squad. You know, you've got the likes of Vieira, you've got the likes of ESR um, that can come in and do and do a job. And so, you know, I don't particularly think that the FA Cup will have that much of a bearing um, on our league performance because, you know, hopefully um, we have a, a bigger squad towards the end of the towards the end of the season that can manage the games. You know, and I think winning breeds winning. You know, um, winning breeds winning. And we see we went out early. Uh, in the cups last year, it didn't mean anything for our league league form. You know, the injury still came, um, and we still we still um, weren't able to get over the line. You know, so at this present time, I'm just trying to win as many games as we can. You know, build that momentum, get that winning feeling, potentially win a trophy. Um, you know, and if it comes down to it, where boy, you know, the squad is on his last legs, I'm gonna say yeah, tank the cup. But right now, we're not in that position, so you know. Just keep, just keep going. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and on, I'm gonna choose party like club bias. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm not gonna choose. And don't get me wrong, like Casemiro is a sick, sick player. Like five time Champions League winner. Like I can't talk, I can't denigrate on him. Like I, I tweeted yesterday, and you know, United fans were coming. I said, you know, I think defensively, in terms of draw winning, in terms of ball winning, and aerially, um, I think Casemiro is better. However. I think you know party's ability to to receive the ball under pressure, to carry the ball, to turn, um, and you know to accelerate up the field. I think is just probably better suited to to what we have. And I wouldn't I wouldn't swap Casemiro for that. Even though I don't think Casemiro is bad at that, by the way. So I just had to clarify that. I think he's good at that. And probably Casemiro is better at shooting as well. So um, 
you know so that there's there's some facets you could definitely give to Casemiro for that but I'm gonna have to go club allegiance man mm. yeah and I think at this stage you know you look at it for what Arsenal are trying to do I think even for what Man United are trying to do um I think I think Partey's um a better fit I'm not really going to swap them um, right now, like you have to give full respect to Casemiro. That's a guy that I think is a is a top top player. You know, um, you know, you can ask anyone about you know what I was used to say about about him when he was at Madrid. I thought his ball playing was was underrated whilst he's at Madrid. So you know, when people you know were saying about um, you know he's he's not he's not really a ball player. I said you can't jump in a Madrid midfield and not be a good ball player um, for. For 10 years, you can't win all them Champions Leagues and not be a good ball player, you know. Um, obviously, he had the likes of Cruz and Modric and that um, alongside him. So, you know, you can't, um, he's, he's, he's not on their level when it comes to ball playing, but you have to be a good ball player to play in the Madrid midfield. And I think he's done it for a long time. So, obviously, it's going to take people some time to adjust to, you know, potentially people um, overtaking him and, and becoming, you know, potentially better than him. And for me, you know, the only way for, for people to accept that is if, boy, party stays fit for the rest of the season, we stay top of the league um, for the rest of the season. And I think it will be undeniable, really, um, about the levels that he brings to the team and the levels that he's able to to drop. And obviously, you know, Casemiro, I don't think he played against in the, in the game um, against us at Old Trafford, but we know that he's going to play the game on the 22nd. And so, you know, we're going to see um, who the real... Uh, the real midfield general is um, at this present moment in time. But, you know, I think um, Partey has probably been the best performing uh, defensive midfielder in the league this season, you know, and it's about sustaining that um, over, you know, the rest of the season. With 17 games in, there's uh, there's 21 games left. And, and let's see how many of those 21 games he's going to be fit for and how many of them he's going to perform for us, you know. So um, so that's that's what I'll say on, on that one. Um, and then... We move on to uh, underscore M4F79. And he says, um, thoughts on Declan Rice to Arsenal in summer, you know, which is quite interesting given we're talking about DMs. Yeah, I, this one comes up a lot. And I, and I don't know why, like, it feels like it's been suggested or or if it's just our fans that are trying to wish this one into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not against it, you know. Um, I could... I could potentially see this happening, you know, in summer he'll have a year left on his deal. Um, supposedly the talk is that he wants to stay in London and um, Chelsea obviously would probably be his preferred choice, but, you know, they might not be in Champions League. They're renewing Mount Kante. They're still looking at Enzo. Um, so they've been invest- they're investing heavily. So, and obviously I, I saw, I know Declan Rice is very close to Jack Wilshire in it, so probably Jack might be in his ear. So I don't, it's not unrealistic to assume that it might be feasible. Um, and, you know, we do have to start our forward planning. Um, Party 30, Xhaka 30, and that is the hub of the team that is most experienced. But eventually, we're going to have to start planning away from that, right? So, and I think that is the position for me next that needs a big, big signing in. So, you know, uh, and, and Rice is sort of a multifunctional player. I think he has a lot of good attributes. I think he's very strong defensively anticipates well great in duels um but he can accelerate with the ball forward he can bring it forward he can shoot well probably doesn't have as much panache as as party does on the ball but he can maybe complement us in other areas and maybe it allows us to 
to again evolve like you say and do something a bit different stylistically mm -hmm. with what we want as a six and maybe introduce more of an another attacking eight alongside Erdegaard so there's there's you know there's there's different permutations different ways to interpret it different ways to adapt so I would be for it actually um mm. so yeah if, if if that is the case um yeah so. I'm the same I'm the same and I think it's quite interesting right um because for me when I look at Declan Rice I don't actually think he's potentially lacking anything skill set wise to play that game right I think it's more the the mentality to play that game uh in in a lone six at Arsenal is very different to what it is at West Ham right and I think you know um when people mention him for England potentially hiding um not necessarily position himself in the right place I think you know you look at who's managed him over you know is basically his whole career so far it's David Moyes and Gareth Southgate you know and I think you know those two are not the most progressive of coaches when it comes to possession football um and I think Arteta he needs someone like an Arteta who's a real student of the game who's played that position to really tell him and, and coach him and how to play it the best right because the thing is for me is when we look at someone like Thomas Partey as a lone six I think he's so unique in terms of midfield profiles, right? Like you're looking at, you know, the likes of, you know, Sergio Busquets, you're looking at Thiago, you're looking at um, Marco Verratti, these kind of guys um, who have got this agility and ability to drop a shoulder, um, turn someone and then free up space for themselves, drive with the ball, slide a pass through, through the lines. And you look at some other players, so someone like Rodri, um, for me, he is nowhere near as agile as someone like Thomas Partey. He doesn't drop shoulders. He doesn't, you know, beat the press in that way um, where, you know, he's, he's, he's doing no look turns, this, that and the other, right? I think the way Rodri plays six is very different to the way Partey plays six, but it's still highly, highly effective without doing, you know, the, the silky skills and the, the cheeky shoulder drops and that kind of thing. And I think that's somewhere, something that, I think Rice can aspire to. I don't think he'll be as good as someone like Rodri, but I think that style of play where it goes in into Rodri, it goes out. You know, it goes into Rodri on on the left side, goes out to the right side. He can break a line uh, down the middle of the pitch, but the majority of Rodri's progressive passes, I think, are out to the flanks. Majority of them aren't are are, are clipped balls over the top into the into the channels when I watch him. Right, and I think those are those are things that Rice is very, very capable of. And then when he comes to the other side of the game, you know, he's already one of the best in the division. You know, he's always there for interceptions and tackles. We know that he's incredibly mobile. We know that he could carry the ball. And I personally think Rice just needs um, needs a bit of a coach for the on-the-ball stuff. Because for me, I don't think he lacks ability. I think he lacks the mentality um, and the courageousness, potentially, to play that way for a top team. But I think that's coachable me so I, I i i would i would be for that signing because i look around europe and you know there's a lot of guys that we you know mention and are they robust enough for this league are they you know do they have the requisite i think quality level to step up and play for a team that's going to be chasing titles that's a question mark for rice as well but at least we've seen him in this division handle the physicality so we know that much is um is a given so 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 yeah that's a that's an interesting one um to watch um so this one from sam e underscore 91 he says how many games and goals can we expect from esr and mudrick assuming the deal gets done 
Hard, that, that is hard, hard, hard question to know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I actually, I actually don't know. I just think for me, it's just important that we have them as options, just generally, so we can do a bit more. Because you know, Touchwood, we've been blessed that Martinelli and Saka have been fit, but we need to have games where we can rest the legs. And and also, I guess we're blessed that we've had games which have been quite spaced out. We haven't had a constant free-free every three days. Um, but that will change, obviously, when Europa comes back again. So by that time, I need ESR and Mudrick, hopefully, in full flow. So, you know, it might be ESR, Mudrick, midweek, and then Saka Martinelli at the weekend. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the bulk of their starts will come in will come in Europa um, with Vieira. So uh, I don't know about starts. Uh, start every Europa game and then maybe like two, three starts in the league. So hopefully both of them might achieve, you know, around five each. But, you know, maybe it's optimistic. I don't know. A lot depends on, obviously, when Madrid comes, if he comes, how he acclimatises. But I just need them there. I need options. That's really what I need right now, man. We don't have the options in it. And I don't want it to be a scenario of anyone burning out because they've not been able to. And and that's what I remember. That was what was happening towards the end of last season with Saka as well. At the end of the day, the brothers got tired. I think I saw a stat today where it was... Ramsdale, Xhaka, uh, Saka. I think there was like about five or six players who have started every game, you know, league game this season. So, and obviously that can't continue to the end of the season. At, at some point, that's going to have to change a bit. So, yeah, so having having options is necessary, man. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, yeah, you know, if we're able to get five five each from them, that's a superb return. You know, um, I, I'm, I, I was quite encouraged by that little cameo from Smith Rowe. You know, he was definitely rusty, um, but he got a chance. You know, immediately off the bat, um, and, and it was it's, that's that's his bread and butter. You know, arriving in the box. I thought I was I thought I was leaving with something straight away, bro. I was bro, if I, if he scored that, I was going to crash it on <laughs> on Lee, man. I was going to crash it on Lee's head top. Right, we got something for him, bro. We got something, we got for, something him. for him, man. I know, I know, I know. ESR. Um, ESR, you know, we, we we heard him talking as well um, following that match and he said, you know, he feels fully fit. He feels like the injuries are, are, are completely past him. And Arteta said that when he is fit, it's a fantastic player that we, we have at our disposal, you know. And, and I hear one fully can really, really contribute, whether that's from starts, whether that's off the bench um, as well. And I think Mudrick, just his pace alone, I think is a game changer. You know, um, and I think it's just something that is so hard to defend, especially against tired legs, um, that he is able, even if he does need some refinement, I still think he'll be able to give us some instant impact as well. So I'm I'm, I'm quietly hopeful, quietly, quietly hopeful um, that he can come in and, and do a slappers. And I just need that. I need that wrapped up ASAP because it doesn't look like he's going to be available for Spurs. But if we can get him in for United, um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing that. Dallo might be injured. Wambisaka, you know, um, is is is, is he, he might he might have to hold a little cooking, you know. So um, so let's see let's see what happens on on that one. Um, final couple of questions here. This one's from Shaggy P eight. He says, once Mudrick is completed, is there anyone else or any other profiles on the market currently that we absolutely need to bring in this January? Is there any summer targets or profiles that we need to bring forward? And if so, how much should we spend? For it would be assuming you know 
we can get Jesus back in a decent period and maybe Nelson's there as well, it would be a centre mid for me. Um, and, you know, now this one, I feel like it might be a bit tougher because I feel like I feel like this is an area, and I'm projecting here, but I feel like this is an area where we're going to spend big money. So the person we might spend big money on, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, how feasible is it? to do that in Jan. Like, for example, Declan Rice, say, say just for an example, say to, so to speak, that was the centre mid you want. You're not going to get that brother in Jan. Do you know what I mean? So that's a summer deal you can do. So it's a case of, do we just try and loan somebody or do we try and go for like an option B or C in, in Jan? Um, you know, so I don't know. But the centre mid is always the one I have most question marks about because I think that's the area of the team that's going to evolve most again. Um, and I don't know which way it's going to evolve. So... It's hard to predict, like, what Arteta's going to do. Like, does he see ESR, you know, as a long-term interior? You know, Vieira, long-term interior. If those, if that's the case, then it makes sense to buy a six, right? So, but, you know, if he doesn't see them in those positions, then, you know, maybe we need to look at, you know, a, a centre mid. Um, but then again, you know, you just mentioned Rice. Rice could probably double up on both positions at the moment, which might make him, you know, an even more enticing signing. But again, like I said, that's probably one for the summer. So it'll be interesting to see if Arteta wants to go for someone who can play both positions or, you know, or if he's going to try and go for a specialist. But that's one which is hard to gauge because we we don't know. Um, mm. So, but yeah, if you were to ask me, I would go for someone who can ably step up for party. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think that's still the biggest, biggest point of failure in the team, right? If Partey were to go down, we've been very lucky um, for for him to stay fit um, so far this season. If he was to go down, you know, you, you sort of worry for our chances um, to achieve our goals for the rest of the season, right? And so and so, I think that would be one that, that could potentially be accelerated. Whether or not we're able to do that in January is a, is a you know, is a big question mark, right? Because <clears throat> I think for me, um, you know, if you're talking about Rice or Tielemans, I think Tielemans is probably one that, you know, would be um, us be able for, we would be able to do um, early considering he has, you know, what, six months left of his deal would be leaving for free in the summer. If you offered Leicester a cheeky 15 million pound or 10 million pounds, you know, now, would they would they reject that? You know, probably, probably not. You know, he's not really starting that many games at the moment as well. Um, it seems that his head is clearly not at Leicester at the moment. And so, you know, I'm looking at that one and saying, is that something that we can do? Is is that someone who can come in and deputise for party? Maybe we go to a double pivot with um, him and Jacker if um, if party were to go down. That's not going to be the biggest. Um, you know, shift um, in 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 doing that. Maybe that's something we can do. We can do now. You know, so um, so yeah. I think that 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 that's a good question, but a very very difficult one to um, very difficult one for us to to answer um, at at this stage. You know, so um, I think there's one more question um, that we have. Uh, let me get that up here. And this is from Jojo Tech. And he says, what point difference between Arsenal and City will make you believe we will win the league? Ten. 
10 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you give me a 10-point lead now, I'd, I'd start to feel confident. 10 points, yeah. 10 points is a lot, man. I can't lie to you. When it was seven the other day, um, I was feeling good. You know, mm. I was feeling real good. Yeah, can't lie to you. But, um, but the thing is with that, one yeah. result. That's what I'm one saying. One result. And well, uh, you know, where it is now, is where it is now, it can easily it can change very, very quickly. It can change very, very quickly. So, and obviously, we still got to play City twice, still got to go Anfield, still got to go St. James's Park. Uh, yeah, so you know, there's there's a lot, a lot of tough fixtures on the horizon, which is obviously again coming back to why we need squad, why we need more players, and just why we need to be adequately prepared. So, yeah, for me to feel comfortable and confident that we were gonna, you know. You know, go on and win it. I would need to see like yeah, a, a, t- a ten point gap because we know and we've seen, <laughs> however many seasons, like three, four seasons, when City go and do something dumb, like win 13, 14, 15 games mm. in a row. You know, we've seen it happen on, Wait, on a regular basis. So, City, so yeah. City are losing right now, man. City are losing right now. Bruv, part part of me thinks yeah. like Pep is trying to throw this game. You know, <laughs> I'm looking at. Let me just look at their lineup, right? Because no, it's decent. It's decent. I just saw it. It's uh Right, yeah. so is it who do they have playing? So they've got uh Alvarez, Greenish Foden, Gunnigan Phillips, Cole Palmer. Gomez. Oh, this is like this must be Phillips's like first start of the season. Mm, Laporte, Walker, Cancelo. I mean, there's there's a lot of first teamers here playing. Yeah, 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 So you know, that's not that's not a bad team by any means. I think you're looking at you know. Carl Walker at centre back is interesting, but you're looking at Cole Palmer, Alvarez, and and Sergio Gomez as people who are not, and the keeper obviously as people mm-hmm. who are not necessarily first team starters week in week out. But the rest of them, yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's, uh, it's a top class team, bro. That's the team you would expect. <laughs> that whole team you'd expect to be challenging for the title. Still, do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah so... I, I feel um, yeah. I, d- I don't know whether Pep's whether it's mind games or, or whatever it's oh right oh yeah Lavia's back for Southampton so he's dunking on Pep's head yeah <laughs> yeah I might try to catch the second half of this man yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah but yeah I don't boy I don't see City going on a run like that man I'm just going to be honest man I just don't Hopefully see it this not. season um I think they are a bit more porous um and I think you know, these, this 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 next six weeks is going to tell us a lot about this Man City team, right? Obviously, they beat Chelsea, but I didn't think they were great in that you know in that match for sixty minutes. And if not for Kepa, forgetting he has arms, um, they don't win that match. You mm-hmm. know, um, Haaland didn't really get that many clear sights of goal in that match. Um, and so, if you're talking about points difference, I think if if we maintain this five points going into the game at, at against City and we beat them. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really, really, really start believing that um, that we can win the win the league. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how the dice land and see how the cookie crumbles over the next five to six weeks because I think that's when we're going to learn a lot about everyone who is a title challenger and everyone who isn't. You know, so um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Huge game on the weekend for us. Huge game on the weekend for for City. It's Derby weekend. Um, hopefully. Hopefully that gap widens, you know, hopefully that gap widens. So, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, we're able to escape that without um, any any losses to players as well. So, you know, um, we'll we'll see how it goes. But Sean, thank you for joining me. Um, listeners, thank you for, for taking us in. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll speak to you 
uh, with a, a lovely jovial post-match pod um, following the following the Tottenham match. But um, otherwise, uh, take it easy. Peace. Yo. Man could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on side. Man had to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good energy. Man gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. That's the response. Sports Social Podcast Network.